If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is Unleashed with Mark Morano on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome to Unleashed with Mark Morano on TNT. All right, well, wow, we got some updates in the Michael Mann, Mark Stein defamation climate trial of the century to do. But before we do that, I wanted to talk to you about Davos. I still have a lot of Davos clips and something that just floored me. And I actually looked through my Climate Depot archives. I could not locate uh, this this item in anywhere in there about uh, drinking coffee. This is at the World Economic Forum, the main stage in Davos, and they're actually talking about not drinking coffee. Uh, and oh, just one second here. Uh, one second here. Uh, well, I think I showed the clip yesterday, but the coffee clip. This is now generating a lot of interest. I got uh, Fox and Friends, One American News. I was on Joe Piscopo. We we're talking about that today. When they're trying to reduce coffee, and they're already coming after house plants, they're already coming after wood-fired pizza. They just keep coming and coming and coming. So at this World Economic Forum, I'm gonna—I think I showed you the coffee clip yesterday. We're gonna show you. You know what? I know the problem here. This is uh, this is technical difficulties here, ladies and gentlemen. One second here, please. I uh, I have my wrong clip formation here. So let me fix that so I can get this done. All right. I think I got the right one here. Uh, I do not. Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, the Mark Stein trial, we'll start out with that and I'll get this sorted on the uh, clips here. Mark Stein, I made it out to the trial, as I mentioned yesterday. Well, it turns out in cross-examination of, uh, of the trial yesterday, that Michael Mann admitted that he never paid one cent for these apparently multiple defamation cases against Tim Ball, against Rand Simberg, against Competitive Enterprise, against Mark Stein, which is the trial now, the combined Ram Simberg um, uh, and uh, Ram Simberg, Mark Stein trial. Michael Mann has donors and foundations, and some people are suggesting shadowy billionaires and millionaires funding him to do this. And they go on for decades. In the case of uh, Tim Ball in Canada, and I don't have all the facts in front of me, but I've talked to his widow and I've talked to other people in Canada about it. In fact, we'll ask uh, our guest today, Mark Friesen, a Canadian freedom fighter who will be joining us after the first break. We'll be talking about the Freedom Convoy and Justin Trudeau and a whole bunch of freedom issues in Canada. But in terms of what Michael Mann has been doing, he's getting outside money. He doesn't pay a cent. He clogs up the court system for decades. In the case of Michael Mark Stein, he's having to do raise money just to pay. He said his hotel bill for this time in Washington is going to exceed Michael anything, you know, obviously way more than Michael Mann spent because Michael Mann admitted on the stand that he didn't spend a cent for any of this uh, uh, these climate trials. And in the case of Tim Ball in Canada, he dragged it out, didn't show up, didn't comply. The case was, I believe the case was just eventually either dismissed uh, and then, of course, Tim Ball died, I think, of a heart attack. And then Michael Mann was ordered to pay damages. And apparently he's never even paid the damages. And I guess as a U.S. citizen, a Canadian court cannot compel you to pay. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the details on that. But it just goes to show you this is bizarre and weird. The only upside to this is Michael Mann has to spend every day of his life in a trial. And they also, I guess a few hours after I left yesterday in D.C. trial, 
uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, showed up again. And I was gonna, I can, I can read you what Mark Stein had to say about this. Uh, it's, it's really incredible. I guess Bill Nye is there trying to use whatever celebrity he has uh, to influence the jury. But here's Mark Stein's account uh, of yesterday's court hearing. I guess it's called Day Six of the Man uh, Michael Mann Mark Stein trial. The big revelation on th this is Mark Stein. The big revelation on Thursday was Mann declaring he had not spent a dime of his own money on his defamation suit these last 12 years, and that he did not owe any debt for those 12 years of legal service at no cost whatsoever. The gotcha moment occurred, and it was a big gotcha moment, uh, that it was bleak confirmation of what I had always suspected. This is Mark Stein again. I can never recover from these last 12 years, never mind the inevitable appeal that his counsel will bring whatever verdict, whatever the verdict. So there, if, if, he, Mike, if Michael Mann loses, it's likely to go into appeal, which will go on many more years, draining time, energy, and money from Mark Stein. And again, Michael Mann doesn't appear to care. He's got a cushy academic job at University of Pennsylvania now, and showing up in court is great because his liberal friends in the media, Bill Nye shows up, pats him on the back. He's got all these high-priced lawyers serving him, acting as thugs and bodyguards, as we showed you yesterday when reporters tried to ask him questions, leaving the courthouse. Um, and Mark Stein says, just the tab on my stay at a DC hotel for a month of the trial is more than Michael Mann will ever pay. And this part I thought was funny. On the other hand, man's pal, Bill Nye, the science guy, held the door for me to be wheelchaired out of court yesterday. So there's that. And that was Mark Stein's uh, report from the courthouse yesterday. And it's it's pretty, I don't know what to say. It is pretty incredible that Mark, that he is getting away with this, uh, uh, just this whole trial doing it to Tim Ball, doing it now to Mark Stein, doing it to Ram Simberg. And of course, these are public figures. So the idea that a public figure couldn't actually uh, be called, you know, all these things that they wrote about in the article, which was not a big deal. Uh, and that's just, just the way it is. So hold on one sec here while I get the clips ready here. Uh, I do not understand why I cannot find the clips. So... Anyway, I'm still looking for my clips, but so the Michael, the Mark, the the uh, the Stein trial is going to go on probably another two solid weeks, and I think it'll end up being extended beyond that. There's rumors today, and it could be happening as we speak, or at least as I'm recording this, that Mark Stein is going to be um, has the opportunity to cross-examine one-on-one, mano a mano, uh, the uh, the the Michael Mann himself. So we shall see how that goes. And okay, I think I have found it. Thank you. I don't know why this was so hard. So um, so this now is clip one. This is Mark Stein being questioned by man's attorney at trial. Let's take a listen. This is an actor portraying Mark Stein. This is from Ann and Fellum, their broadcast, which you can get uh, online if you go to Climate Depot. I'm linking to these. They're questioning Mark Stein uh, at trial. They'll listen to the wit and humor of Mark Stein as he's being questioned by Michael Mann's lawyer. Let's get something else straight about your background. You dropped out of high school, correct? I've never said I was a high school dropout. I think you were trying to get me to confess that I had left school at 9 or 12 or whatever it was. Didn't you write in your own blog or on the web that you had left school at nine? I think that's one of those jokes. 
I'm happy to have the joke litigated. I've no doubt there's probably a District of Columbia court for jokes, but... I'll allow this. Please move on. Isn't it correct that you wrote on the National Review website, quote, To a scientist, an accusation of fraud, even from an unschooled day dropout who quit school at nine, such as myself, is professionally damaging. That was a reference. Excuse me. Do you remember writing that? That was a reference to your client's email, which I'll ask him about later, saying Dr. Dropout denies you are a Nobel Prize winner. That's me, Dr. Dropout, according to your client. Did you write those words? I told you I just wrote that sentence. Thank you. Dr. Dropout wrote that. I love it. It's defiant right to the end. No matter what the lawyers try to throw at Mark Stein, uh, he just that wit and humor. And remember yesterday he said uh, that the EU won the Nobel Peace Prize and all the EU citizens contributed. So even the nudes, the people laying out nude on the beach at San Trofe were all contributors to the Nobel Prize in the similar way that Michael Mann was uh, for the UN. Again, the UN won the, uh, the climate panel won the Nobel Peace Prize for BS politics, nothing to do with, remember, TNT exclusive, we had Dr. John Clauser, who actually won the Nobel Prize in physics. Okay, this is clip two. We'll go back to Davos. I've been, there's just, uh, I still have more stuff to cover even after today, but this is a WEF, World Economic Forum trustee, wants to give Earth human rights. Let's take a listen, clip two. I mean, ecocide as a word is becoming more, it's becoming better known around the world. And the concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, but legally speaking, um, what our organization and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognized legally as a serious crime. Because one of the issues that sort of pervades all of this discussion is that we have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. Um, and that, I mean, you know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. Um, and so, and, and you know, unlike a, an international crime like genocide that in, involves a specific intent, with ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are, um, you know, producing energy and so on um, as well. But what's it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. I, I, I don't know how, uh, I mean, this is nuts. Ecocide, going fishing has the impact on the earth. It just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. The nature rights, uh, the idea of trees and lakes and rivers, they're not going to give up. Uh, so here's another question. This is clip six. One of the hosts at this Davos forum, and you can see, let it slip, that Elon Musk was not invited. Let's take a look. At, this is actually the moderator admitting this. Sorry. I'm going to let both of you jump in. I just wanted to add, however, not all tech CEOs admit that they're not good at every single thing. So, <laughs> so I, I thank you for that. At least one tech CEO hasn't been invited here um, who, who, who likes to think he's very good at media. And of course, that's a reference to Elon Musk. Now, Elon Musk would have been invited normally, but because, and I still say, the purchase of Twitter and then the second step was reinstating Alex Jones. Uh, that has just got to be 
through the roof, huge FU to the entire establishment. Elon Musk, as I said, will be facing, facing severe penalties. Okay, one person who was invited because as a head of state, they're always invited, is the president of Argentina, Javier Mali. I believe I got that right. Now, I had done a critical story here on TNT a couple of weeks ago. I had read that he was backing away from his climate skeptical climate stance and his opposition to net zero. So I'm a little confused. I don't know uh, if that was an accurate report or if it was exaggerated. But here's his brilliant speech to the World Economic Forum. It reminds me of Donald Trump's speech. In fact, I might try to get that clip for you tomorrow. Donald Trump's 2017 World Economic Forum. These are the two standards and, and also the Heritage Foundation president, Kevin Roberts. But here's uh, clip three, the president of Argentina, the new president, Javier Millet, a prof libertarian professor, and what he thinks of the World Economic Forum. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others, and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentines, to testify to these two points. Just laying it out there, that their utopian vision of the world is the problem. They are the problem, not the solution. And also, the other interesting thing is, he flew to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, from Argentina, this is the new president, Javier Millet, on a commercial airliner. Now, this is the head, this is the prime minister, the president, the head of state flying on a commercial airline. And here's actually a clip of people on the plane just excited that, hey, our new president is flying coach. Take a look, clip four. Perfect. And people posing for pictures uh, with the new president, just having a great time. He seems to be reveling in a man of the people. Let's just hope that the story I heard, the report I heard about him backing away from fighting the climate agenda was false. And let's hope he takes this speech to the World Economic Forum and really sticks it to them. Okay, this next clip, and I think you're going to really enjoy this, is a, um, it's a, own nothing, be happy. It's a spoof by, it looks like Snicklink. Uh, someone put this together. It's only about a minute long. And I think we have to laugh sometimes at Klaus Schwab because he is that evil Bond villain. But this is a very slick thing. Uh, I guess it's an actor impersonating Klaus Schwab. It is a spoof. Uh, so let's take a look at this. This is uh, clip six. I'm sorry, clip five. 
here's a little song I wrote You might want to hear it in your pot You'll own nothing And be happy Ain't got no cash, ain't got no car But 24 booster shots in your arm Own nothing Be happy You can't even buy shit in the store Because of your low social credit score Own nothing Be happy own nothing and be happy be happy and eat some bugs <laughs> um bravo is all i can say that was very well done what a fantastic spoof um and of course in germany they say klage mit schwaben uh, i think that's just another spoof name for it as well but very well done uh there's a couple clips and a couple other uh, segments i'm going to do on the world economic forum in davos and maybe i'll even have a guest on who attended uh maybe someone from rebel news because uh, it's that important and i'm still working a pace to get into the world health organization pandemic treaty meeting in may uh in geneva switzerland i don't know why switzerland's hosting maybe neutral territory or whatever but they are hosting a lot of these evil doers uh and events so we shall see about that okay uh when we come back we're gonna have canadian freedom fighter mark friesen join us uh and he's gonna give us an update on the tyranny that's that is canada the once free nation that apparently admires china's basic dictatorship and is following their model uh this is unleashed with mark morano on tnt we'll be right back with mark friesen tnt's timothy shea the race is essentially now vivek ramaswamy and nikki haley ron disappoints this will be pulling his hat from the ring next and the issue as always is why is the Nikki taking so much of the left's money? Well, maybe this will give you a little insight. She credits Hillary Clinton with inspiring her to enter politics, having attended a women's leadership summit at which Hillary spoke. And Nikki said, and I quote, I then had to decide whether I was a Republican or Democrat. See, Nikki has no core beliefs other than doing whatever her globalist masters, paymasters, want her to say. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat. A chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more, so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. 
Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe, from power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires. Knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov slash air dash sensor dash toolbox. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. Welcome back to Unleashed with Mark Morano on TNT. Mark Friesen will be joining us momentarily. Apparently, he's trying to get uh, in place for the video interview. In the meantime, I can give you a couple roundup updates that's going on right now at, uh, at my website, Climate Depot. New deniers. One third of United Kingdom teenagers think climate change is deliberately exaggerated. What is going on? And this is a quote from the, uh, I think this is originally from the UK Guardian. As YouTube videos promoting a new kind of climate denial are aimed at young people. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Here we have new polling from liberal left mainstream organizations showing young people are now becoming more skeptical. Uh, And this is after decades from kindergarten through college of just pure indoctrination, Hollywood movies, previous social media, how refreshing and nice to see this having an impact. And of course, the establishment is all fretting. This is actually probably this whole study and report is designed to say we need more censorship because it's it's causing misinformation and disinformation. Uh, But it's really, really, really good news. A third of UK teenagers believe climate change exaggerated report shows YouTube criticized for amplifying lies about the climate with disinformation videos watched by young people. Uh, it's not climate model. So they go on and it says uh, a third of the UK teenagers believe it's exaggerated. Uh, and the YouTube videos are promoting this, that they're proliferating on the platform. So this is a data set of 12,000 uh, climate related YouTube videos posted by 96 channels. Uh, and this is the, the Center for Countering Digital Hate. It's just one of these uh, basically fascist uh, censorship organizations. They've come after me and they try to basically accuse everyone of you know, racism and promoting hatred, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was it founded actually this Center for Digital Hate by the UK Labour Party. So that's actually really refreshing news. Okay. Other, Robert, uh, Dr. Roger Pilkey Jr., extreme weather expert. A new analysis, hurricanes have not become more intense. Since 1980, based on the accumulated cyclone energy combining frequency and intensity, and this is global hurricanes, uh, not just the United States. And you can look at the chart, it's amazing. And this, this of course, is why we needed Obama's cap and trade. This is why we need the Green New Deal, why we need the Inflation Reduction Act, why we need offshore wind to prevent those hurricanes from coming in. And yet the science doesn't support it. Uh, Another article, magazine, how to quit your job to work on climate. Climate concerns are driving career shifts. Here's how to make one yourself. Um, Incredible. This is an article from Fast Company Magazine, and this is another establishment one. A few years ago, software engineer Eugene 
Kirpechny left his job at Google to work on climate change. He had a good job in machine learning, but the climate, cri the climate crisis was so urgent, he wrote to his Google colleagues, quote, that I can no longer justify working on anything else, no matter how interesting or lucrative, until the climate is fixed, unquote. Wow. I don't know what else to say. Wow. This guy had a great job at Google, and not that I could ever work for Google in my life. Can you imagine the office culture and the intolerance and the repressive? I'm sure they were all masked up and 18 boosters injected in their arm daily. Uh, you'd even walk in the door. Uh, and that whole, you'd be like working for Apple, just, you know, ugh. Uh, but Harry is actually believing, this is like, I'm going to quit my job until we fix the climate. I'm sorry, are you going to stop the Earth rotation too? Are we going to stop uh, volcanoes? What else are you going to do? Uh, you know, are, are you going to stop eating until the volcanoes stop spewing? I mean, what? are you okay mentally? It's the question I would ask. Um, the, uh, a corollary to this is he could actually get a climate-related job because climate change consulting market now in the U.S. surpasses $7.7 billion with rising demand for green products and services. And this is a market research biz. The climate change consulting market has valued as now 7.7 billion. The climate change market is undergoing rapid growth compelled by growing demand for global sustainability standards and advancements in technologies. In other words, it's a bunch of consulting jobs that people are going to do and make a ton of money. And they'll be like, oh, I, I, I recommend to this local government that they ban plastic bags. Let's make people's lives as miserable as possible so that they can feel that they have skin in the game and the climate. Oh, yes, and pay me my... So the guy's going to go from Google to just more BS. And by the way, New Jersey plastic bag ban was followed by a near tripling of plastic consumption in the state. Oh boy, I love this one. This is actually reported by Forbes magazine. Governor Phil uh, Murphy and the New Jersey legislator, all Democrats here in the United States, touted a law banning plastic bag uh, shopping at stores, in the, which was enacted in 2020. But according to a new study, passage of this anti-plastics laws has been followed by a near tripling of plastic consumption at Garden State checkouts. Jeez, how could that have happened? And here's the answer. Uh, basically, what's happened here is there people are using the throw the reusable plastic bags as disposables so they're getting these bags which are provided and people don't have time to sort bags clean them i remember during covid these reusable plastic bags or even any reusable bag is full of bacteria you're putting fruit produce things leak in there uh and they want you to reuse it people are like no that's gross that's disposable and so this is what's and especially in a place in new jersey where a lot of you know particularly in wealthier areas people are just not going to care uh, about that because when you get these paper bags at these stores or they don't offer you bags it's a nightmare i mean these european style stores here in the u.s you go in they give you these cheap paper bags literally these handles are an app they shouldn't even be allowed to give them to a customer it's total nonsense on the level of the paper straws which usually dissolve in your drink and you can't suck anything up and make it work
it is just uh insane so reusable bags are manufactured with 15 to 20 times the amount of plastic used in the now prohibited single-use bag the reusable bags that new jersey residents now pay at the checkout or, or delivered uh need to be used anywhere from up to 60 times 59 times it says in order to have a net benefit to the environment so you have a reusable bag do you really think you're going to use it i mean some people will majority of people are not going to use that bag 59 times they found that reusable bags are used on average of two or three times as a result several plastic usage for the bags in new jersey has risen so you get these bags they get gross after a couple of times and you throw them out i don't blame anyone and then you just keep getting them and these bags uh are, are made with uh um let's see the uh, two to three times the amount of plastic as the disposable ones they're trying to get rid of Look, we had uh, Dr. Patrick Moore, Greenpeace co-founder on this uh, show a while back when it was audio only before our big video launch at TNT. And he explained that the plastic, you know, the, the sea of plastic you hear about is, is, a, is a sea of fiction, that the actual plastic crisis, if there, to the extent that there is one, is a few Asian countries, China, Vietnam, Malaysia, and a few other countries dumping plastic into the oceans and with a lot of waste, that if you actually handle plastic waste properly, it's not gonna destroy the environment. And it actually makes a lot more sense than denuding tree and, and using a bunch of other types of materials. Plastics are a miracle product. And the idea that they're evil is just another example and another way for these people to make it so that our lives are less fun our lives are less free and our lives are less convenient. And in their minds, when they're banning the plastic bags and banning plastic straws and banning house plants and banning wood pie ovens and forcing you into mass transit with car bans and forcing you to ban your gas stoves or your gas heaters, making your appliances crappy, all of that inconvenience means you got skin in the game that you're feeling every day your sacrifice to Gaia, to planet Earth. This is what these people actually believe. It's that ideology. It's the hair shirt environmentalism where you want to feel the pain in order to, to know that you're doing something every day. The inconvenience uh, and all of these roles. And the, and the thing is, you can't do this voluntarily. You can't decide, I'm going to give up, uh, you know, heating tonight or making my house really cold to sacrifice to save the planet no the people who are behind this want other people to do that in fact that is what the big story here is there is a story from the uk guardian uh which was just unbelievable uh that has a survey out showing that people actually uh don't want anything the, the richest one percent and Ivy Leaguers, in other words, the ruling class elite in America, this is breaking on UK Guard, Daily Mail, sorry, UK Daily Mail this morning. The, this poll found that the rest of the country has too much personal freedom and they want to ration food and electricity. So America's one, richest 1% in a survey think there's too much freedom in America and they want to ration food and electricity, all to save the climate, of course. Elites want to save the planet, according to the survey, by banning SUVs and jet plane vacations, commercial jet planes. They're much bigger fans of Joe Biden and the government than regular voters. And the world's billionaires, by the way, they have another related article, are buying islands 
building doomsday bunkers, which I can understand. I can understand that impulse to go buy the islands and the doomsday uh, bunkers. So the richest 1% want to ration food and electricity for the rest of us to fight climate change. This, in a nutshell, is the entire green climate anti-human agenda. Same thing is true of the public health tyranny we lived with through COVID. How many people did we have in trying to do the most draconian lockdowns, stay-at-home orders, mask mandates, and then you find out that they're not following it? From Gavin Newsom to Mayor Garcetti, who famously, when he met um, during the mask mandate at phase of Los Angeles, which lasted years, he met Magic Johnson, the football, the basketball player. And it was a picture of both he and Magic Johnson maskless. And he said, oh, it's okay. I didn't have to wear a mask because I held my breath during the photograph. But these are the kind of people who want to impose all these regulations on us. They have no intention of following it. Bill Gates, John Kerry, um, Al Gore, they consider themselves above it. And this is what the World Economic Forum, Davos, this is what my book, The Great Reset, is about. It's about people who are that wealthy, that disconnected from everyday life and everyday people, that they sit up and think of ways to restrict the, the freedoms of the rest of us. So um, we will see. This is a uh, just an ongoing battle. All right, we hope to have our guest. This is Mark Morano, Unleashed on TNT. We'll be right back after these messages, hopefully with our guest. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. From wars to censorship to cultural issues, you're with Mark Morano and Unleashed on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back to Unleashed on TNT. This is Mark Morano. All right, we're being joined now by Mark Friesen, the freedom fighter in Canada. 
who has been instrumental in fighting Justin Trudeau, fighting COVID tyranny, fighting the United Nations Agenda 21. Welcome to the program today, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. All right. So what's going on in Canada? Just we can, we can start with, uh, I guess, yesterday or two, I guess yesterday, significant victory. The Canadian federal court ruled that the Trudeau government acted illegally in responding to the 2022 Freedom Convoy. What's the story there? What did the court actually find out? And does it mean anything? I thought Justin Trudeau is above the law. Will anything happen? Will there be any reforms due to this court ruling? Well, I... I'm, I'm hopeful there will be. Um, you know, the, the judge ruled that it was unreasonable and unconstitutional um, and, and flew in the face of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So uh, it, it is good news. Of course, the government is appealing that decision. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But um, I honestly believe that, that they'll lose on appeal. They'll lose them. Okay. Can you walk us through just the whole freedom convoy? Like what exactly Justin Trudeau's response was? I mean, from America, we saw it, you know, we saw the truckers. We know he canceled insurance and bank accounts. We know uh, even people that helped them had problems. Just walk us through exactly what their message was and how Justin Trudeau acted now, according to the courts illegally. Well, so it's based on legislation that, used to be called the War Measures Act. Uh, it's been instituted a couple of times in this country. Uh, they changed it to the Emergencies Act. And so they invoked that act, um, you know, to stifle a peaceful protest, which is, is exactly what the, the convoy was. Uh, very peaceful. Uh, the most pride I have ever felt in this ever being in this country. Um, and, and, you know, people came together from, from across the country to join in, in that, in that protest. And obviously it was a protest, uh, against vaccine mandates and, you know, the truckers played a, an enormous role in that because they were directly affected. They couldn't travel across the border, for example. Um, and there's long haul long haul truckers that that are required to travel across the border, and and so um, the legislation that that the Trudeau government came out with, uh, you know, stomped on those rights, and, and so the truckers decided, hey, let's put together a convoy, um, and let's go to Ottawa, and that's what they exactly what they did. So when Justin Trudeau uh, invoked the Emergencies Act, that allowed the, the government to then come in with, you know, police and 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 some some tactical army uh, individuals, and they literally stomped with horses on peaceful protesters. And that's one of our fundamental rights in this country that we, we are allowed to protest against government mandates. And, uh, and obviously the federal court judge ruled against the uh, sitting government. So that's, so that's good news. 
So what did he base the Emergencies Act on? What was these? He was calling them like domestic terrorists, extremists. What was that based on? What was the claim? Well, so it, it's interesting. There's a, there's a group called Diagalon, and it's, it's, a, it's a meme country. It's basically, in, in their eyes, um, from Alaska all the way through B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, down through the states all the way to Florida. Um, and this was debated in, in Parliament. They actually mentioned this meme country, um, a, a complete joke, and, and uh, they used that to, to bring in the Emergencies Act, which is... I, I, it, it was such a reach, um, and they they absolutely trampled our charter rights and freedoms. And this is what wow. the the federal court judge ruled against. So when he, how did he get there? Yeah, go ahead, continue. Yeah, so I was just going to say that uh, you know we in, in Canada. We're, we're living in a little bit of tyranny by this liberal government. And um, there, is, there, there is some rumors floating around that potentially another convoy, <coughs> based on this judge's ruling, uh, you know, obviously we have a right to protest. So uh, there's rumors that another one could be coming. Now, walk us through how he got the insurance canceled and then debanked uh, from their own account. I always like to clarify, people think like, oh, he had government services cut off or federal aid. No, he stopped access for these truckers to their own money. How did Trudeau go about doing that? And did the banks go along with this? Was there any resistance in any corporate banks or corporate insurance? No, there, there wasn't. Um, and, and the banks claim that they're, they... They were told by our finance minister, Christian Freeland, who uh, I consider to be a Nazi. Um, and, and she came in and, and, and basically instructed the banks to shut down all of these accounts. Anybody who, who donated to this convoy uh, was subject to having their bank accounts frozen. And... Uh, wow. Uh, completely, completely out of hand. Well, it reminds me, they always say, in today's tyranny, you don't need the prison camps with the barbed wire and the watchtower with the armed guards. You need this kind of emergency power, bypassing a democracy, corporate government collusion, which was on display. Was, was there any insurance or banking uh, institutes, CEOs, anyone who said, hey, wait a minute, we may not go along with this, or they were they were sort of bullied and blackmailed into it. Were they victims at all, or could they have fought back, the actual banks? Well, I think they were bullied um, to go along with this tyranny, to shut down people's accounts and, and freeze the accounts. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Justin Trudeau is a puppet for the globalists. That's all he is. And, and this was seen, obviously, 
anybody who took part in the convoy recognized that this is a mechanism to bring in and to trample our, our charter rights and freedoms. And that's exactly what it was. Now, is it possible to get, like in the United States, we're trying, but we're not going. Some states have passed it. Emergency power reform. Because from my point of view, if you look globally, that's how we had instant overnight tyranny. Any politician, yep. prime minister, president, they can declare emergency and then become a dictator overnight. Democracy need not apply. Is there any hope for actual reform? Is this court case at the basis of that by saying it was illegal? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the direction that this is going. As I said, I, I, I don't think they'll win that appeal um, because this federal court judge has all of his ducks in a row. And obviously, uh, the attack on democracy, the attack on, on our charter rights and freedoms is very real. So, so I think it's moving in the right direction. Um, uh, again, does that mean there's going to be any reforms? Uh, who knows? Um, we don't. We don't necessarily have um, a constitution. We have a statute in yeah. in this country that that summarizes our our charter rights and freedoms, and and so. Um, I think we need constitutional reform in this country. I think we need to to remove ourselves out from under the crown and establish ourselves as, as a republic. And well, to come up with hard and fast constitutional change. And wh like, what were the margins of Trudeau's last election? And is there, is there hope? First of all, is he term limited? Is he going to keep running? Is he the prime minister for life? When does he exit? <laughs> well, they're, they're absolutely destroyed in the polls. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in our conservative party uh, in this country uh, because they are the party that, there's only one party that's ever committed to Agenda 21 in its original form in 1992. And in 2015, the, the Harper government um, also committed to Agenda 2030. Now, they're also the only party to ever create law in this country that, uh, in, in terms of um, what they call the Sustainability Act which yeah. makes sustainable development binding in this country. So they're the only government that's ever, that's ever done that. So do I have a lot of faith in the Conservative Party? I, I don't. I, I think they're a Trojan horse um, for the agenda. Well, Pierre Pullian, is and he the Conservative Party I, in Canada? He is, yeah. He's the leader of the Conservative Party. And he's, he's a very talented politician. I, well, say that again? Go ahead. And, and he, yeah, he's, he's able to convince a lot of people that, uh, you know, he's the guy for the job. I, I, did, I, don't, I don't agree with that um, because, again, the Conservative Party is the only party who's ever committed to this agenda. And 
Pierre Polivier has said and stated that he's going to continue to meet the Paris Accord targets. Yes, which, that's as as we as we all know uh, is a complete hoax. Yes, that I was about to say. I don't. I've followed him on YouTube channel, and I watch fantastic interaction with reporters, fantastic speeches, fantastic messaging that he produces. But he hit such a sour note, and I did a whole segment here on TNT showing his clip talking about carbon taxes and his climate agenda. He buys the entire premise of the UN. He's buying this whole idea that we need carbon sequestration and seaweed something or other. Yeah. I can't remember all this, all these you know big sop handouts by the government to corporations and, and yeah. party donors, Republic, you know, conservative and liberal party donors. And I was just so disappointed because this guy, unlike Donald Trump, he buys into the whole agenda and he thinks he can do a light version of Justin Trudeau. So that's when I, so I, I, I'll try to send you the clip, but this was about a month ago. So I just want to say that I, I was supremely disappointed in him for accepting the premise. 100%. There's only one party federally in this country that absolutely rejects Agenda 21 in its original form, and now Agenda 2030. Um, we're fully prepared to pull out of the UN, pull out of the WHO pandemic treaty, pull out of all of their subsidiary committees. Uh, we don't want anything to do with it. And that's the party that I belong to. And that's, that's well, led what's by the name, what's, Bernier. Sorry, what's the name of your party? So we know. It's the People's Party of Canada. People's Party. Um, so, so looking at this, is it generally going to be a three-way race? Because does that hurt? Like, in other words, there'll be the two somewhat two two opposition parties to Trudeau splitting the vote, which would allow him and his party to continue. How does that work? Well, as I said, you know they're they're tanking in the polls. Um, okay. The Conservative Party, unfortunately, has an enormous lead in the polls. Um, I don't think there's going to be an election called until 2025. It doesn't have to be called until the fall of 2025. Um, yes. And I think, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, Justin Trudeau will continue on uh, with his coalition NDP, which are communists. Um, they'll continue on uh, ruling until 2025, until they have to call the election. Now, Justin Trudeau... Of course, one of his famous lines was, he admires China's basic dictatorship. They can sort of get things done that they need to. Uh, has he ruled Canada based on the China model? How would you describe that? Yeah, I would say so. Um, there, there's no question. I mean, you know, going through this COVID and, and invoking the Emergencies Act, um, you know, that, that, that essentially destroyed our charter of rights and freedoms and and they were able to do whatever they they needed to in their own mind uh to get the job done and and so i i take justin trudeau at his word that he 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 really admires the basic dictatorship of china because they can institute whatever they need to institute to get the job done and and as a puppet to the globalists what a what a perfect scenario for this creature. Yeah. Now I've been out to Calgary many times and it's beautiful country. 
it seems very conservative, freedom loving. What is the overall story with Canada? Are you ruled essentially by uh, Toronto and uh, Ottawa? And uh, how does that work? I mean, is there, what's the hope level to yeah. actually boot them out? Well, uh, again, if you look at the polling, uh, the Conservative Party is, is way ahead of the Liberals. Um, I think people in this country are getting tired of Justin Trudeau. I think there's, there's this, this thought process amongst many Canadians that we've had enough of Trudeau. Uh, and very similar to his, his dad when, when he was leader of, of this country back in the early 70s. And uh, people just got, just got tired of, of being communist. And yeah. we want a free market. We, we want to exploit our, our energy. We have an enormous amount of energy in this country. And, uh, and this whole idea of net zero, it, 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 like I say, is, is a complete hoax. It's, uh, yes. I mean, yeah. it will go back to grade six science. Photosynthesis, we require CO2 in the atmosphere. We need more of it. And, yes. and, and so without it, um, and this whole idea of net zero um, by 2050 is what Daniel Smith, the premier of Alberta, is saying. And along with Scott Moe in Saskatchewan, um, you know, they're on, they're on board with, with net zero by 2050. And they're, they're the and, conservative and, leaders, is what you're saying. Yeah. Those are the conservative yeah. leaders, correct? Yeah, not Trudeau's allies. So yeah, that's what I'm. I'm always shocked by that. You know, in the U.S., we have that same impulse. We have Kevin McCarthy, our House Speaker, was exactly like that, where they want to buy into the agenda and just give out, you know, basically campaign donations, refund campaign donations to their big donors on all these carbon capture and other type projects like that, and they don't they don't challenge all of these the premise. All of these uh, subsidies uh, to corporations. You know, and a lot of it is attached to ESG, right? Uh, yes. I, I mean, in order for some of these multinational energy corporations to operate, they need capital from BlackRock and Vanguard and others. And so now they have to agree to environmental social governance and uh, ESG yeah. score. And, uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're, the capital that, they're, that they need to operate is dependent on them agreeing with this ESG. And so, wow. you know, it's, it's this enormous bribe that, uh, you know, the globalists are very good at. What about censorship? At How bad is your... Time. I guess the last question, we only have about a minute left, but what's this free speech issue like in Canada? What's censorship like, free speech and your ability to speak on online censorship? What are you facing from the Canadian government? <laughs> Yeah, so, um, like, for example, about 30 Facebook, seconds. We, we're not allowed to post any news articles whatsoever on Facebook because of wow. a fight between Facebook and our government. And so, you know, we can't post any news articles uh, at all. Uh, Twitter's the only place that we can actually post news articles. Um, and, right. you know, that that's a huge element to this to free speech. Right. And All right, we have to so go now. We're, we're definitely 
Okay. Thank you very much. Mark Friesen of the People's Party of Canada, thank you very much for joining us. Unleashed with Mark Morano. See you next time. 